When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to White Run Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions, usually over three glasses of wine. Although we're parking the wine this week because my guest has recently become teetotal. She is a former soap star super bitch and a queen of the jungle. A former Strictly Dance Floor champion too. And her next role could quite possibly see her become the nation's favourite drama teacher with the launch of her very own online platform, I Am Pro, that she's brought to life in lockdown to ensure education in the arts is accessible to all. Born and raised in Wales, she came to London to pursue her passion for acting at the age of 13, going to live with a host family, before strutting into Albert Square at the age of 17 as Frank Butcher's daughter Janine, where she wreaked havoc, committed murder, and generally made life a misery for anyone who dared to cross her. But as we all saw when she won I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here in 2013, she is a brilliant actress because when she's just being herself, she's a sweetheart. The nation fell under her spell. A single parent to a 16-year-old daughter, Kiki, she's about to start in a new Channel 5 drama, Lie With Me, and I cannot wait to catch up with her. Let's dial up Charlie Brooks. Good afternoon, Charlie Brooks. Where am I speaking to you? In your, in your kitchen? Good afternoon, Kate Thornton. Yes, look, this is my kitchen. I know you like a little kitchen dance, so that is kitchen slash dance floor. Oh my God, I've danced around this table too many times. I've got a disco ball up there, which you can't see. It's the best. Have you? Have you got a disco ball? Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a lame disco ball, but it is a disco ball. I've also got a cow coming out of the wall, which is quite random, and two guitars that never get played. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why have you got two cows coming out of the wall? Well, no, I've got one cow coming out of the wall because I quite liked it because I quite like random things and I don't like anything to match. I wish I could show it to you. And then I've got two guitars because Kiki got one for her birthday and I treated myself to one at the beginning of lockdown thinking... I'm going to teach, I started before, I'm going to do something really productive and, and teach myself guitar. And it stayed on the wall. <laughs> Still hasn't come happened. Oh, so, God, I know. Sounds like it's as successful as my uh, ability to speak Spanish, which also hasn't oh, happened. No. We need to go and live in Spain, Kate, to do that. That's what we need to do. That's what I was, I was literally like warming up for possible retirement, thinking, yeah. well, I'm not going to do it. Having locked down here for a year, the winters are too hard. Yes. I, I feel a little, you know, I can feel the, the Spanish in me rising. There is me no Spanish too, in me. Isn't, isn't, <laughs> um, isn't that a lovely thought, though, that we could do potentially six months abroad, live in the country, learn the language, come home for six months? Because I do love where I live and I do love London. Well, have you not done elements of that with Ibiza? With I have. Going back and forth with Kiki, but not quite yes. living there. Not quite the full living experience. Um, but yeah, I've been backwards and forwards quite a lot because her dad lives out there for eight or nine months out of the year. So we have a villa out there. So I'm really lucky if I just want to pop on over, I can go and stay there. But to be honest, you know, two weeks is sort of enough. And I'd be there when I come home. Yeah. Well, it depends on how you, what kind of Ibiza you go for. But if you're, if you're staying in a villa of Tony's, it's, you know, his job is parties. That's the profession. So you're surrounded by people that are there for that. And we're yeah. just a bit old now, babe, aren't we? We're like, oh my God. Oh, I, might, I might go to a, up to Esvedra just for the spiritual calm. That's so me. <laughs> I'm going to the north of the island. Goodbye, people. And then I'm in bed with my book at 10 o'clock. And nobody so goes out me. to eat until 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 in two, in two weeks, three weeks. And uh, yeah, the big four O's steaming towards it. And I don't know, I just feel this is a new chapter for sure. Like I've loved partying and I've loved the party side of Ibiza so much, but there's so much more to explore, isn't there? And, you know, heading oh God, towards yeah. my forties, that's that's where I'm at. Well, you're in a different place now as well because you don't, you don't really drink anymore, do you? I don't, I quit drinking a year, almost a year ago to the day. Wow. Yeah. Upsides, good? Life-changing. Really? Yeah, it's one of the best things I've ever done. To begin with, I wasn't sure, you know, I sort of did a month and I'd been trying not to drink because I've partied quite a lot in my life and, and really enjoyed it and always thought, oh, you know, it's time to change. I don't want to do this anymore. And, and then there's always some event or something happens. <laughs> always or some particular friend you hang out with you know and I just um I did a month and I thought god I feel so amazing and a glass of wine Kate is never a glass of wine it's a bottle you know I'm sure (laughs) all three (laughs) and I was so fed up of feeling shit you know just sort of repetitive behavior patterns feeling like I was doing the same thing all the time um and I've actually, I felt like my life was standing still a little bit. I've shared a little bit about this stuff on my Insta, but, um, you know, ac- the acting world is hard. It's really hard. And there's lots of brilliant actors out there. And um, I've done some lovely stuff, but, you know, you spend most of your time unemployed and not yeah. getting jobs and that rejection. And I feel like there may have been some things that I missed out on. Sometimes I feel like the booze robs you a bit of your potential. Yeah, if, if, if you're not controlling it and it's controlling you, and by yeah. that I mean, not that you're an addict, but when you're under the influence, if you can't control yourself, then of course it's robbing you of your best you, isn't it? 
Of That's, course. Yeah. But then the, my other best me is, you know, standing on top of a table dancing after two bottles of wine. But I still do that. I just do it in the mornings now with my bulletproof coffee. It's just all turned <laughs> upside down. <laughs> well, I'm very impressed because you've done this fundamentally in lockdown, which is tough anyway. It's even tougher when you're not working and super tough when you're a single parent with a teenage girl in the house. That makes you want to drink wine. <laughs> yes. Lots of it. <laughs> How's lockdown been for you? You've done some quite extreme things. You've quit boozing uh, or quit drinking. Um, mm. You've launched a business. I have, yes. I mean, so you, you've been busy. No, no banana bread in your house. <laughs> there was, but it was burnt really badly. Um, <laughs> So I was actually filming over in Australia at the beginning of lockdown, which was mental because they were sort of a few weeks behind us. I'm filming a new four-part drama for um, Channel 5, which is out soon, I think. And, oh, what's um, that? Tell me, tell me. They actually just changed the name of it. It's called Lie With Me. And it's about betrayal, a woman who... Um, moves to Australia with her Australian husband and her family to get away from, you know, unhealthy... They're trying to run away from how unhealthy their relationship is, really. And um, he makes her feel like she's sort of going mad. There's a lot of gaslighting going on. And it's sort of the spillage of what happens um, outside of that. So that wow. should be on our screen soon. But that, but anyway, I stopped filming. We had to, like, stop production and fly home because obviously I had to get back for Kiki and we didn't know what was happening back then. It was like the whole world was going mad yeah. and suddenly no one's touching and catering started to come in little microwavable dishes. And I was like, oh, and the, pres the prime minister in Australia was like, no essential travel, you've got to get home soon. And I was like, oh, shit, I think, I think I've got to get back. So it stopped, but then it picked up again on Boxing Day and I flew back out to finish it. So that was one thing. So I did miss January in the country here, which was, I've been told, which was the most horrific month. You know, when you read the old uh, kind of, you know, classic literature and they talk about the long, harsh winters. Yeah. I get it now. That January right. was the longest January on record. It was hard. Yeah, yeah you did, you did the right know. thing. You did the right I, thing. I feel really grateful around that, actually. I was, you know, I felt I felt quite guilty. I was really resistant. I didn't post much on Instagram. Not that <laughs> yeah, I do loads thanks. on Instagram. I was like, don't want to rub that one in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so before, about two years ago, my brother's in production and his wife is a teacher. And, and the three of us came up with... Uh, you know, this idea to try and shake up the way creative learning is delivered, basically. So I Am Pro was born. And then miraculously, we got investment to build the platform in the first lockdown. So that has kept me really busy. <laughs> now, listen, this, this is no mean feat. Amazingly hard in a thriving economy, let alone mm. trying to raise investment around the arts, which is effectively... So I Am Pro, just for me to explain, is uh, an online teaching platform for yep. young people that want to work within the arts. And you've set it up beautifully. Um, there are masterclasses, you sign up. It's a subscription model, right? But I know that you've It's had a subscription some, model, yeah. In fact, you've got some great coaches and teachers on there. You can, yep. you can do whole um, courses. Um, yes. And it's not just about acting it's about directing it's about casting it's all of the facets that feed into production theater yeah. live work television drama film whatever it's, yes 
you've made it you're making it sound very easy that's really hard and then you raised investment as well well done I know well um you know we've got some brilliant people around us so Ben and Emma have been absolutely fantastic and crucial to building that platform with our brilliant website designers um and what you know our whole ethos as a, as a company is that we want I am pro to be affordable and accessible for young people that ordinarily would not be able to either go to one of the big drama schools or even weekend drama schools are like 300 quid a term you know mm-hmm. it's it's just not obtainable and I'm from a really small town in North Wales and if I'd have had this when I was younger I'd have been like oh absolutely in my element so we've got the on-demand section which means you from brilliant coaches from RADA from all the big drama schools from Mount View from Arts Ed we cover all the curriculum stuff for GCSE um, and A-level stuff because you're right if you don't live in if you don't live geographically in a, in a place that is accessible to a great drama school then where do you go and I think you yeah. know the one thing we all learn in lockdown is everything pretty much is um replicable online yes yeah which is actually one of our challenges because had we've got it up a, a year earlier then it might have sort of been out there and been the go-to thing but everybody went online at the same time you know and I think slowly now as people are going back to classes and that sort of thing then I am pro is really coming into its own because we wanted to make it cool as well you know like we wanted the platform to be appealing to young people a lot of them are really corporate looking and and also how much time did your kids spend on the phone it's like hours and hours of screen time so it's trying to flip that on its head and ignite some passion and make it into something productive somehow so if you are um somebody that's interested in learning more about the arts and you want to act direct um then then that go and check out i am pro it's an affordable um gateway to some of the best in the business and i I, yeah i was really impressed it's 12 pound 50 a month you know it's 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 and that and we we're going to keep it at that price because we just want it to we want loads of people to be able to benefit from it basically you've launched a brilliant new business called i am pro and i thought it was an incredible thing to bring to market especially during lockdown so now that i know that you are so inventive i want to know from you if necessity is the mother of invention how else has that been true for you if you see a problem then you definitely want to fix it don't you you want to you want to bring something to either whether it's a work thing or you know with with i am pro for example i saw that the problem was you know that kids cannot reach you know, this type of coaching from their very small town so they can't afford it. And so there's the problem. And it's necessary, you know, that I invent this platform to bring it to them people, you know? There you go. Uh, so, yes, I do. Yeah, I think necessity is the the mother of invention, mm. for sure. So when else have you had to become inventive out of necessity to make something happen for you? I suppose it was necessary... It was necessary for me to stop drinking, I suppose, in order to invent myself. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I felt that that was a necessity. But, you know, what about, you know, those when, I, when you go back to those first years as an actress, you know, how did you necessitate um, what, what you needed and, and how inventive did you have to be? Um, so there was just, there was absolutely no question for me, really. I mean, I wanted to be an actress from when I was eight years old and... 
I did all the local plays, you know, the local pantomime. And then I wrote essays and left them on my mum and dad's pillow. Or basically just repetitive lies. I want to go to drama school, not the local school. I want to go to drama school. And like line after line for about two years. And so, and I also felt like... I was re even at that young age of like 11, 12, 13, that the, the, as beautiful as my hometown is and as much as I love it, I was really desperate to get out because I knew it just didn't offer me enough. So I, it was necessary for me to convince my parents to let me go. And, uh, <laughs> and at 13, I finally had a breakthrough and I was so lucky because they were so supportive. And I actually moved out of home when I was 13 and moved to London on my own and boarded with a family in London. You didn't. I did, yeah. Me and my little brother came along for the ride and then he obviously got offered the scholarship and uh, <laughs> ended up coming as well. So we were both boarding with a family. Ben didn't stop working. Um, I didn't work at all. I think I was a, a fairy on top of a B&Q Christmas tree once. Um, <laughs> this is Ben that runs I Am Pro with you now, your, yes, old, your brother. Yes. He was a bit of a child star. So Charlie, that must have been like both brilliant and heartbreaking for your parents. I know. Well, it didn't It didn't take long before my mum followed and we got a flat in London. Uh, I think it was just under a year because she just couldn't take it. And so my mum and dad's life changed enormously, you know, through that whole experience. And I'll never forget, this is quite a nice story, my brother, you know, working constantly, did Captain Crimson, Aquila, Samson Superstar, like job after job because he was super cute. And, and I didn't get anything. And obviously I was the one that wanted to go and there was no other option in my life. Like I just knew I was going to be, it was like an inherent knowing that this is what I was going to do. And um, we got back to Wales one weekend and the agent had rung my dad, uh, told my mum, you know, that I'd got this job to be a fairy on top of the Christmas tree for B&Q, which my dad went, it's a five hour trip back. It's 50 quid she'd get, you know, it's going to cost him 150 quid in petrol, whatever it is, you know, she can't do it. And so my dad came home from work that night and my mum said, you better go and see your little girl. And there I was in my bedroom, like, oh, I just want to have a chance. <laughs> and, my, and, and my dad, God, it makes me cry. My dad bent down, he went, I've made a very fucking big mistake he said if I've got oh. to carry you to London on my shoulders oh. he said you will go and I went and I was the fairy on top of the Christmas tree <laughs> for being cute <laughs> that must have been quite hard though for you in as much as you're the one that's got this burning ambition right you're writing these essays these pleading begging letters to your yeah. parents and then Ben just kind of coasts along and I has know. a seemingly much easier time uh, I know how was that? Well, I thought he was a little shit and I wanted to strangle him, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't take long, actually. I then went into you know, a, a series called Out of Tune and I did Demon Headmaster. And I can remember that was one of my first scripts going, oh, where are my lines? Like flicking through the script and I was flicking and flicking and flicking. It was like no lines. It was just a silent extra, basically, in the background. But um, that that... Um, yeah, that then led to EastEnders at 17, so... That's great, but when you think about it, that is that is a baptism by fire. You know, I know that Ben's obviously always had the, the edge on you while you were, yeah. you know, literally children, or child actors, but then you yeah. step straight into, I mean, a really defining role as well. She, I mean, I know she's a murdering old cow, but she was a bloody good murderous cow, wasn't she? Oh, she's she's good fun. You know, I love Janine. I always wonder what she'd been up what she's been up to and I think it's really important to sympathize with your characters. And for me, you know, it's it's she, she became so layered because I honestly believe she's 
completely misunderstood in so many ways, although she does get more and more difficult to defend. Um, <laughs> yeah, say. I know, but that is where all the juicy stuff is, you know, kind of. She's just, And nobody is just a total arsehole for no reason. And so actually when, well, apart from teenagers. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so when you, that's not true. They all have their reasons. Absolutely, don't believe, I don't believe that. Um, but when you go underneath all that, and it's true in life, isn't it? Like scratching under the surface. Mm. It's like people are so keen to keep you in one box. I mean, I'm jumping a bit all over the place here. And no, for, you for, to be one, for you to be one thing. But actually, yeah. we can be more than one thing. And that's all right. You know, it's... It's better you know, than all right. It's brilliant because it yes. makes you a better, more rounded person, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and life should be about being... Uh, 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 the risk of using all those buzzwords, but like being curious and playful. We forget to fucking play sometimes, you know, we get so caught up in our own shit or whatever, you know, we have to remember that this is, you know, this is fun and try, it doesn't matter if it fails, you know, it's, I mean, it does, I suppose to the investor, <laughs> we'll lose quite a lot of money, but it's, it's all about, you know, enjoying that process and trying to build something brilliant and not just being one thing but going back to your your experiences of living with a host family and coming to london to study was it you and ben that were both housed by this family yeah yeah not it wasn't a very nice experience i have to say really i mean we, we had some good times but she wasn't a particularly um nurturing woman i'd say uh, which is why my mum came up sort of kicking and screaming dragging us out and we and we were lucky enough to be able to get a little flat in roehampton above a shop so um yeah that's where we went to but it was tough and I remember crying in the break time to my mum you know because I was so homesick but there was just a part there's like I look back on that sort of young girl and I'm just like god what a fucking fighter you know it's like yeah that's really really that's went major. for it and knew what I wanted I really did know what I want and when you think about Kiki now I mean Kiki's 16 by your by that age you'd moved out of home you'd had that experience you'd then seen your mum and dad literally uproot their life to fit around yeah. your um, ultimately your ambitions to act yeah and and um i mean that support that level of support from my family you know it was just amazing and i am pro is all about giving that back now and trying to you know yeah, help help other young people find their purpose. But some might not find it till 25, 40. Some might not find it till 40, who knows, you know. You just don't know. No, you're quite right. You just don't but know. You call that support. I just think that's just unabashed, unconditional love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very lucky um, with them. I mean, that's massive as a gesture, isn't it? Mm, yeah. And what happened with Ben's um, desire to act? So Ben went into, he went to London Studio Centre um, and he was dancing in musical theatre and then he sort of quickly realised that actually he didn't want to be in front of the camera so he became assistant director. He started off as a runner actually and uh, and then went into production so he was assistant directing and, and then ended up in sound production. So that's what wow. he's been doing. Yeah, um, making documentaries and working on great comedy shows and... You know, so he's had a, a really good career behind. So actually the three of us, you know, with Emma's experience of a teacher, it's like all the right ingredients for, for to 
have brought this platform to life. I could never, ever have done it on my own. Yeah, you couldn't, no. And, and you know, and then it was a remarkable sacrifice. Have they moved back to Wales or are they still ensconced in Roehampton after up, up, up in sticks yeah. and moving here? So my dad is still in Wales and my mum lives in Chiswick. So it actually ended up finishing their marriage after about <gasps> five years. I know. <laughs> oh my God, Charlie, this is harsh. Sorry. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. That's terrible. No, I shouldn't be laughing either. <laughs> well, you know, it was one of those things that was really difficult to maintain the distance. And um, and I think ultimately, if they'd have loved each other enough, then it would have survived. But I think my mum was so... They were both so young. They were 13 when they got together. My mum was 21 mm. when she had me. They were married at like 19, 20 and and people grow and change and want different things out of life don't they you know and and they grew in different ways and um and that's okay you know and I think that probably would have happened anyway and and my mum sort of was thrilled and excited at the opportunity of another life in London and didn't really want to go back to Wales and my dad felt very settled and loved Wales and wanted to stay there and so I mean we all go on holiday together my mum and his her new husband and my dad and his wife you know we all go abroad together we're all really tight and I think that's definitely had an impact on my relationship with Tony and how we've managed to stay so tight as co-parents. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Can you highlight a couple of the best decisions you ever made and why they ended up being so mm. valuable to you? One has definitely got to be straight away to stop drinking, I think, the last year, just because for everything that we've spoken about, you know, yeah. and, and how I feel I'm becoming much more cemented in who I am and and creative and trusting and all of those things. You know, I think it's it's had a such a positive impact on my life 
Um, and who knows? My, I, it's, I'm not saying it's forever. You know, I don't know because I fucking love a drink and I love yeah. a party. Who doesn't? But right, you know? but right now it's right. Right now it's absolutely 100% one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Because I have an overactive mind, Kate. You know, it, you know, it beats me up and I go to war with myself occasionally. And, um, and I think lots of people will be able to relate to that. Well, you're sit, are you somebody that sits there the following day and then dissects what happened the night before and then just beat yourself with a big old stick about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even sometimes when I might not need to, but I'd sort of walk down the tree and go, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like the fear. <laughs> the fear. The fear. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't have that now. I wake up with, you know, hangover free and it's amazing. So that is definitely one. And one of the, um, one of the other best decisions I've ever made in my life. Would it be the fact that you were so determined to keep things nice with you and Tony so that Kiki had the best yeah. form of parenting that you could both give her whilst not being together? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when Tony and I were together, we used to say, you know, when you know, and uh, we're going to grow old together. And it turns out I am going to grow old with him. He's going to get much, he's going to get older quicker than I am because he's older, <laughs> <laughs> much older. Um, but we are going to grow old together just in a very different way. You know, and like I said, I've sort of led by example with my own parents, but he is absolutely my family and nothing will ever change that. And it's not always been easy. He's an Ibiza freight on nine months out of the year, bringing up Kiki on my own a lot of the time was tough and we've really had to navigate our way around that but whatever happens no matter how much we fall out which we have done big time it's not always plain sailing but 80% of the time it is you know and he's a good man and he's looked after us he's a character I love him to bits he can be an arsehole sometimes, but nobody's perfect, are they? Yeah, you know, and I'm so sure you, you can too. You know, we all have it in us, don't we? You either learn to accept somebody for how they are and then just go on through life like that, with and through that acceptance, or you fight it constantly, you know? Mm. And, and for us... Um, I think we just loved each other too much. We just, you know, our care for each other is is too deep and I, I also think you know nobody had an affair or we, we were quite lucky that um I mean if I don't like something generally I change it and so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing whether that means I run away from commitment and I don't work through something and ultimately that I, I don't know I'm 40 and still single and you know so I don't know if that's true or not whether that's a good thing or not well that's um, one way of looking I mean, at it or you could also be it. somebody or you could just be somebody that knows when something isn't working yeah. and finds a way to very nicely remove yourself from it leaving yeah. it in as best shape as you possibly can yes and what you've done with tony is remarkable and in an age where so many children are raised as part of i hate that term broken homes but you know mm. for parents that don't live together I think what you do is love each other, floor and alls, uh, floors yeah. and all, but knowing that you don't have to kind of try to make him something you need him to be because he's not your romantic partner. He's just your parenting partner. Yeah, and one of my best friends. He's given me a lot yeah. of advice, actually, through all of this, you know, uh, creating the business. I've never run a business before. I've only ever had to show up and be somebody else. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> so it's all new. Does he still live in the flat above you? Yeah, yes, he does. I can't get rid of him. <laughs> He's up there now. I can hear him stumping around with his girlfriend. <laughs> well, how does it work with Kiki then? She just goes up between the two. I mean, her main bedroom is downstairs and she spends most of her time down here, to be honest. Um, but yeah, she can just go between the two. It must give her uh, way more than you even realise, I would imagine. 
Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, you question everything, don't you? Especially when you're going through a really hard time with a teenager. Um, oh, what have I done? Is it my fault? Have I been a shit mom? Did I do this wrong? You know, should we have done that? You know, maybe separating actually completely is much better. I mean, we are separated completely because there's not a sexual bone that goes on between us. That sounded really wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know um, what you mean. <laughs> It was the word bone that threw, I threw myself yeah. at that one. You just don't know. There's no such thing as normal. And all you can do is do the best you can and do it like, this is our way and this is how what, what we know and the only way that we knew how to do it. There was no way we weren't going to be in each other's lives. And has it worked when, you've like, when you have a, a partner? There must, you know, I'm, I hope, I'd imagine that eventually everybody's cool with it, but it must be a bit of a like, yeah, listen. Um, so my, so Kiki's dad, yeah, he lives just like above your head right now. Uh, that's yeah. weird. Is that is that take a lot? Is that asking a lot of a new a new partner? Well, um, you know, my my ex part partner Ben, who I was with for sort of five or six years, who's an amazing human being. You know, we woke up on Christmas Day together, all all of us. Like he'd come, <laughs> Tony would come down, and we're all getting to bed and open the presents together with Kiki, and you know, because she adores Ben. Um, and I think it can be problematic. I think maybe he probably has more issues with that sort of thing than I do. I've been single for four years, so that's the longest I've ever been single. Wow. And then I was with Ben before that for five or six years, who was just really accepting. Tony absolutely adored him. We all went on holiday together, you know. He, but Tony cried when me and Ben broke up. He, <laughs> cried. he actually cried. I think he just prefers it when he could, like, palm me off on someone else. <laughs> Oh, that's, you know what, that's lovely. It's lovely mm. that it can work like that. Sticking with kind of Tony hanging over the conversation slightly, I'm going to move to question number three. Tell me if this is correct or incorrect. Is it true that Dean Gaffney introduced you to Tony? Oh, Dean will love this. He loves it when he gets a mention. It's true. Oh, my God. Right. So that got me to thinking, like, mm. without Dean Gaffney, there would, have mm. been no, there would have been no Kiki. No. He's, right. He has said that himself. He likes to take all of the credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> so can you think of other times in your life when, mm. you know, whatever you want to call it, six degrees of separation, fate, whatever have led mm. to something really quite fantastic. There's so much of that that goes on. There are so mm. many synchronicities that happen all the fucking time. And I am now, I think it takes a while, you know, to sort of become awake to them and to pay attention and to listen. But they yeah. are around you all of the time. Um, I... I I met a wonderful woman on a juicing retreat at Jason Vale's place in Portugal, which was amazing. And we just got talking. I was talking to her about a potential business idea. And, you know, and then she was like, oh, you could do this. And she opened up my vision of what that might be. And, you know, and then within six months, she was working on all the branding and built that. And she's become one of my closest and most treasured and amazing friends, Julia. You know, she's, she's wonderful. So... I, I think that stuff, you know, that happens a lot. You know, this woman you met in a, at a juicing retreat, she opened your eyes to the fact that you could be more than you were, that your ambition yes. wasn't misplaced, that you could do it, that you are yeah. able, and you started to believe in yourself. So she's had a massive For impact sure. on you. Okay, so how did you end up at the Jason Vale retreat? 
oh my God, because I'd eaten all the pizza and I was like, oh, I need to not eat pizza. So uh, how did I end up there? I mean, it's a brilliant place to go. Have you been? No, but Tam goes a lot. And yeah. I just, I just, uh, the idea of not having any food is just too much for me. I know, but the only way I can do that is obviously if you're locked into a, in a retreat in the middle of nowhere in the hills and so there's just no option. And it's surprisingly manageable. And for me, I come out of that retreat feeling focused and clear and um, and ready for action. What other situations have led you to some somewhere that you needed to be or that have been... Like, so that awesome. wasn't quite answering the question. I do, I do get that. But I suppose my point is with that is if you're open to things that are happening right in front of yeah. you, then they can take you to, you know, the most incredible destinations in life, I suppose. Like, yeah. You know, or to the next stage of your life. Yeah, because if exactly. you'd, if you'd been, you know, if you'd been at that retreat feeling so insular and so closed, you might not have responded to her. You might not have made yeah. a friendship. Yeah. And you, she might not have been able to open a window onto another world for you. That's, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. For example, the jungle. What led you to the jungle? Because I think that changed, not probably the way you see yourself, but the way mm. everybody else saw you. So the jungle was a funny one. So I decided to take six months off from EastEnders because I wanted to go and do a play. You know, I want to go and be a thespian, all that. And uh, nothing was <laughs> happening. So me and Kiki got packed our little suit, our backpacks, and we went, and my friend Mark, and we went traveling around Europe for like five weeks and we stayed you know in tents up the back of the Ardèche it was pretty amazing and 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 that's when I got the call and it just so happened that I had I had no intention to leave East End like didn't take the sabbatical from East Enders intending to go into the jungle it wasn't even at the in my thought process um uh, and then I got the phone call for that and I was sort of, you know, laying by this beautiful river in, in France. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. I don't think I can do that. And and they called about three times. And, and you know, it, it's we're talking about a lot of money, Kate, with for shows yeah. like that. And no, it's, it's, it's almost life changing money, isn't it? Yeah, especially, it is. but especially it is. if you've said no twice because they just put the money up. They do. And the dates just fit in perfectly. And I actually rang Pam St. Clement because I was who played Pat. So yes. get, get a committee on board because I couldn't possibly make the decision myself. <laughs> it's like getting to the nail salon. It's a fucking impossible decision. That one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know Random. what you mean. And you just always end up going with whatever you had last time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and uh, I'll never forget, she said to me, she went, you know what? You're somebody that loves the outdoors. You love adventure. Um, and I think this will be a really good opportunity for you to just go and do that. And plus, I wanted to fly my family to Australia first class because <laughs> we'd never normally get the chance to do that. So that was a, a big tick. And we also decided to stay out there after. I didn't, I had no idea that I'd win the bloody thing. I mean, Kiki still says that she's the reason she, I won it, which is probably true. Um, <laughs> well, because they did that awful thing with bringing her in to think she was going to see you and then she didn't get to see you. Terrible, That was hard. It? That was hard to really watch. Really harsh. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't think that would happen now. No, I don't either, actually. I don't. No, I think, actually, I don't think people voted for you out of pity at all. I think it was lovely for people to be able to see you and... And you as you, because Janine is such a massive character. You know, one of my really good friends, Kate Ford, lives with a very similar scenario to you. She plays Tracy Barlow. Tracy yeah. Barlow's killed like seven people. You yeah, know, oh, she's beaten Janine. Yeah, and you know, one Christmas she was here, Kate, and some friends arrived with their, they had, they had relatives visiting from up north. And this mm. little girl walked in, took one look at Kate and cried and hid under the table. She said, she's a murderer. 
And Kate yeah. was so upset. She's like, oh my God, is that what kids think of me? Because she, could, she couldn't be lovelier, Kate. Um, yeah. And the same with you. So I think actually people were really curious to see who sat behind the bitch. Mm, yeah. Yeah. To, to know if I really was a bit of a twat. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there's a but reason I'm single for four years. Men run away from me. <laughs> Did we ever establish how no. you ended up in the jungle? No. So Pam's in the comments was one. Oh, so of- then, oh yeah. So well, she said about having adventure. Sorry, we digress. Um, and and in the end, I thought about it, and I just thought, you know, oh god, TV has changed a little bit actually, and maybe don't take yourself so seriously, and you know the the it's there in front of you and um I also have a mortgage to pay and you know to pay off and so I just thought fuck it I'm gonna do it and it was insane it was so crazy I thought I'd be out like first or second out I swear to god I really and then I thought I'll have a lovely time in that Versace hotel by the pool with my mum and Tony (laughs) and Kiki it's gonna be amazing and every day that went on I was like oh shit I'm still here how the hell is that happening right to the end I know I mean, it is a popularity contest, I'm a celebrity. And mm. ultimately, it's history will show that good people usually win. It's it's normally people that capture the public's hearts because they're all heart. You know, the, there's there's stuff that you've done that... Ma- and it, so it does it actually mean something to win it when you look at it like that, especially when you're known to be a murderer. <laughs> God, it was such a whirlwind at the time. It was... Um... I don't know, you know, I mean, it was, you only feel the enormity of it for me when you're watching it at home. So when I've watched like the last couple of years, I'm like, oh my God, it feels insane to think that I was in that, you know, Um, because when you're doing it, it doesn't feel that big, you know, it doesn't. um, Well, you're in it, right? Yeah. So I think the the reflection of it over the years has definitely sort of made me go, wow, God, you know, holy shitballs. Uh, that yeah. was pretty cool, you know? But when I was in it, I was just like, oh my God, Kiki's on the front of the paper, what's happening? Because I'm really uncomfortable around all that stuff. Like, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't, it made me want to run away, which we actually did and stayed in Australia for sort of travelling for four or five weeks after, which was amazing. But I didn't want to come back. To, you know, there's a way to navigate, isn't it? You, you can engage with the press a lot or or not, you know, and, and it does yeah. make me a bit fearful. But also you had a job to go back to, right? You were going back to EastEnders. Yes. So it wasn't like yes. you needed this to springboard the next part of your career. So you, you didn't need to come back and do the rounds. No. Um, and cash in because I guess yeah. you already had. Yeah. I, I, and I had said to the producers before I said, am I obliged to do anything afterwards, you know? And they said no. And and for me, that was just the way I wanted to do it. I wanted to do the show. I wanted that experience. Um, and then I wanted to come back and travel Australia for as long as I could and then come back and go straight into the show. Um, yeah. Where you then can't do anything. And, and, that's, and, that, and that was right. That felt right for me because otherwise... I don't know, it makes me feel a bit anxious, I think. Um, yeah, engaging too much with all that stuff. How many times have you been in a situation where out of a sense of wanting to people please, you've done something that literally lives on the internet forever and haunts you for the rest of your days? I mean, I've got about a gazillion examples of that. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, one or two really dodgy pictures of me ro- rolling out of nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even like when you want to shoot and you've got a lovely fashion stylist who's clearly put a lot of time and effort into getting a clothes rail together for you, but none of it's anything you'd ever normally wear. 
And because she seems sweet, and by the way, at this point, I've known this woman like 10 minutes. I don't want to upset her day. So, but, but ultimately, I end up having a shoot done wearing clothes that are so horribly on me that live on the internet forever. And you think... That's a difficult one. Yeah. Don't be an arsehole, Kate. But then when you have the, you know, after a couple of those experiences, you go onto a shoot and you go, I'm really sorry, that isn't just, that just yeah. isn't something I wear. Then you go home and lose sleep that night thinking, I hope that woman doesn't think I'm awful. And I, I really know. didn't want to make her job different. I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. I'm exhausted by myself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's about, it's, you know, you, you, I suppose it's not boundaries, but it's, it's being unafraid to ask for what you want. And there's a way of doing that in a good way, or you can be an arsehole about it. And you, you are not an arsehole. So we, you know, you can, it's delivered and said in, in such a way where it's unoffensive and it's like, oh, could we maybe explore something else? Yeah. You know, you know, it's those like, oh, I don't want them to think I'm, you know, it's yeah. terribly British, but yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah. A lot. And at least when you're an actress and you're in terrible clothes, you know, you can just go, oh, yeah, that was for a role. You don't have to go, yeah. no, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, listen, before I let you go, um, I am pro. People can find it online. It's the first thing that comes up. I've already done the Google search for you people. Um, yes. Good search, by the way. And and then you've got Lie With Me coming out, which takes you back to Australia. This time, not eating, I don't know, kangaroos' backsides. Thank God. Wait, when's that out? Do you know? Do you know, I, have, I don't know what the transmission date for that is yet, but that's out soon-ish. Soon-ish. Cannot <laughs> wait. Now, before you go, for soap fans everywhere, I have to ask the question that I'm sure you hate being asked, but you never know, one day the answer might change. Will we ever see you walking back through the square as Janine Butcher again? Well, the answer, as always, Kate, is never say never. I'm, I'm always interested to, you know, think about what she's been up to because... Because she's so fun and there's so much you can get away with. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds? That, that sounds more positive than I'd hoped for. <laughs> oh, Charlie, thanks so much. Um, really Thank loved you. talking to you. Yeah, and, me too. And maybe I will see you on Ibiza this year if we're over lab back. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's stay in touch and see coordinate dates. We will be the only two people that are going out to eat before midnight and we'll be in bed by midnight. Chanting <laughs> to Esfedra up the hill. <laughs> trying, to, trying to get some good magnetic vibes off and, you know, a spiritual oh, yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we can write that off as our love lives this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and lending us once again your ears if you've enjoyed the show please do rate and review us we love it when you do it helps other people to find the show as always white wine question time is produced by me kate thornton with richard hatherell for yahoo uk and producing and editing is by callum goddard mucklow as always our beats and tunes are provided by andy bell whose back catalogue is available on itunes and spotify we'll be back next week until then take great care Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.